0: Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Hey guys, July 13th is coming up soon, and if you want to meet me and a bunch of my podcasting friends, about 80 of them, come down to the True Crime Podcast Festival at the Marriott Downtown, right on the Magnificent Mile, you know, right by the Bean in that beautiful park. So... I'm excited to see some of my favorites. All Crime, No Cattle, Ignorance Was Bliss, Nature Versus Narcissism, a Paranormal Chicks, The Getting Off Podcast, Dark Poutine. All of your indie favorites are going to be there as well as a lot of the big names. This is a full day event and the sooner you sign up, the cheaper it's going to be. So make sure you sign up soon and there's going to be meet and greets. I'll be there. Um, I have ordered some things so if you're there you might get some exclusive goodies and you know there's some amazing events going on some panels like uh you no know, getting off and la not so confidential are doing a live episode as part of this there's also amazing panel with uh court junkie misconduct and pretend radio so really why haven't you bought your tickets yet i already have And I hope to see you there. Welcome back, devotees. This week we're with Augie from the short stories of Augie Peterson. (laughs) And this has been—I don't know—it feels like six months in the planning, but that's just because
1: (laughs) since I started my podcast (laughs) a year ago, (laughs) something like that.
0: (laughs) You've been slowly campaigning. Uh Just (laughs) put me on the (laughs) show. Really, it just takes an email and being like, "I'm willing to." research things. Fair. Yep. Will you be willing to hear horrible things? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: (laughs) Will you be willing to get lost down rabbit trails of those horrible things? Also, yes.
0: (laughs) Do you want random fun facts no one's asked for? (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I gave one network today, and it, you probably would appreciate this one. For some reason, we were talking about toilet humor. Oh, fun. And <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, we were talking about that old A&E show, like, A Thousand Ways to Die, oh. like, the dumbest ways to oh, die. Oh, my God. I love that show. <laughs> and my friend a while ago told me, if you clean your toilet with bleach, you have to make sure you flush it right away, because if someone accidentally goes to the bathroom, The ammonia in your urine mixes with the bleach and it makes, I think, chlorine gas and it knocks you out. Mm -hmm. So then you fall off the toilet. (laughs) I have heard that. And you're just like, but I need to clean my toilet with bleach. And so you're just, your thought is someone was like letting it soak or something Mm -hmm. and someone else wet. And that's how we figured it out. And you're just like, (laughs) you're just like, oh gosh. Yeah, then no, we were just talking about different ways that people have died on that show, which are all ridiculous. Like, I think it was the woman whose breast implants exploded on the oh, plane. Yeah, yep, <laughs> classic. And there were two people that didn't believe that happened, and it's like, no, it's not an urban myth. That actually mm-hmm. happened to a woman. They had to fix how they did <laughs> that because. <laughs> Oh my god. A lot of people have them, and that's not good to have exploding boobies, apparently. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast before we start? I would love to. Sure. Uh, My
1: name is Augie Peterson. I am a, a writer of horror. I do short stories on my blog, the short stories of Augie Peterson. Then I have another blog where I review really bad horror movies. It's called Snark in the Dark. And I take those two blogs and I put them on a podcast. And I do weekly episodes where I alternate stories and movie reviews. And then once a month, I feature independent artists that I want the the world to know about, and that's a lot of fun. It's called Features Week. Um, I have two short story collections up available on Amazon that I self published, and I also host a podcast with my cat that I publish on Patreon. and I think that's everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just binged the thir- three or four episodes on uh, Insidious. Oh, yeah, no, Insidious. So, <laughs> Insidious. And I just love you're like, why are there more of yeah. these? <laughs> What happened? And I was like, you told me there was four. And I was like, wait, there's (laughs) four? I remember two. And then I probably was in grad school and just didn't have mental capacity for it. And I'm like, there's four of these. Yeah, there's a lot. And, like, in the end, you're just like, why? Yeah, basically. Besides money? it Pretty much, yeah.
1: And it's so depressing. Like, I'm not going to go into the episode now because you'll just get me started, like, going crazy. But it's just so crazy to see the progression of the series as it goes. Because the original person who came up with the idea didn't even stick around to the fourth movie to see how it would happen. He's just like, I'm going to make the first one. And then I'm gonna leave.
0: See ya. And they just kind of made the rest of the movies. Like, why not? Money, right? Sure. That's always a horrible sign when, the, like, if you love the first one mm-hmm. and that team just <laughs> dissipates, and you're just like, I'm gonna go because it's gonna get real bad. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to think of another movie that's like that, where you go see the first one, and you're like, it's so mm-hmm. good, and then you go see the second one, and you're like, oh, no one is the same in this. <laughs> yeah. They paid the actors enough money to come back, but no one else clearly is the Mm -hmm. same. Like, not even, like, the set designer, and you're just sitting there like, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How did this go from a movie to, like, a sci-fi special? Real quick. Mm -hmm. Or, like, my favorite, well, one of my favorite horrible movies... Airplane versus volcano, okay. which is an hour and a half. <laughs> I still need it's to watch It's An hour that. and a half. <laughs> and I watched all of it. Oh my god. It has the guy who played Superman, I believe, <laughs> on TV. Not like the small bill. Oh my god. Gotcha. Like it was like the nineties Superman guy. <laughs> is in the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> How? And it's an hour and a half. Wow. I don't. And during live. the movie, you're like, "This is a this is a conclusion thing." <laughs> Airplane volcano. We know which one wins. Right? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, you really don't know who oh, wins. That's horrible. I need to review that. That sounds so good. <laughs> it's like three. I think I sent you three-headed shark attack. Yeah, you which you did.
1: You sent me like four movies that one day, and I'm like writing them all down and putting them on lists everywhere so I can review them all.
0: <laughs> I'm a fan of crappy movies because <laughs> why? It makes you feel it better does. because. Yeah. Someone pitched this idea. Exactly. Got it funded.
1: (laughs) They made a movie. It spent millions of dollars to make this movie. The first Insidious movie cost $10 million to make, and that's considered a low-budget movie. Like, what? I don't... How?
0: (laughs) I've got a dollar. Can I make a movie? (laughs) Oh, well, we'll see if this is going to be a movie. Oh, God. By the way, if you listeners, if you stick around to the end, David Attenborough shows up and who knows if I, (laughs) I don't know, I'm almost through my whiskey, so maybe (laughs) the accent will come out. The one really solid British accent I have is David Attenborough. (laughs) We're going to the UK. Oh, cool. So we're going to talk about Julia Martha Thomas. Okay. And, you know, her murder. Sweet. (laughs) Because... For those of you who are new, we're not saying like sweet yay, she's dead, but just we love a good old story. I have collabed with too many true crime podcasts. I am so sorry. No, you're fine. I just feel like the the my favorite murder apology. We're not laughing at the victims. We're laughing at the scenario and the crime. Exactly. So our perpetrator was born Catherine Lawler in 1849 in Kilgane County. Wexford in the Irish Republic, so we're in Ireland. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to slip into accents because it might happen. Oh God. And I'm sorry. I'll be right
1: there with you if it happens. Don't apologize.
0: You can listen to my Hammersmith Ghost episode on Patreon if you want to hear me do a bunch of accents that aren't good. <laughs> They're not good. I'm better with my horrible French accent and my horrible Boston accent, but that's not happening. Um, so Catherine begins her criminal career at an early age. She apparently Married a sea captain called Webster. And this is all according to her. So we're taking that little pinch of salt. We're not salt-baying this. <laughs> we're just taking a little pinch out of her her account. And accordingly had four children because probably Irish Catholic. Probably Not judging you, but it's just the time period. Yep. <laughs> then she moves to Liverpool, uh, stealing her money for the fair. And then just stealing up a storm in Liverpool. She's like, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. <laughs> <sighs> and by the age of 18, she gets a four-year prison sentence. Not a fun prison. Um, I'm going to assume there is hay on the ground. Oh, no. If that. Oh, God. So you got thrushes on the ground, um, in probably like a castle, and a bunch of people in a room. If you think pretty much prisons, we think prisons are bad now. <laughs> In that period, <laughs> it's like playing a game of sardines. Oh, no. But but with poor hygiene and um, probably mice and rats. Oh, God. And lice and worse food. No. <laughs> that sounds... Poldark does a really good... And Penny Dreadful, I believe, do really good interpretations of, like, mental health in prisons. Yeah. So check them out. Especially, um, I know Poldark has the prisons down. And that doesn't change, guys. <laughs> for a while. We think... Prison reform happens late. It happens real late. So once she gets out of prison, she goes to London, as everyone does, and becomes a cleaner. Um, and guess what? She's still doing <laughs> cleaning out her, her, uh, employer's possessions oh, and fantastic. then bounces. Nice. So a little cleaning here, a little putting this in my pocket there, some cleaning, You'll some putting notice. things in your pocket. <laughs> Those skirts, man, you could hide a lot of things, like <laughs> snacks, some jewels, some silver, so many She's things. He's the reason that maid
1: outfits are so short now. I understand.
0: <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I'm, fa- I'm so sorry. <laughs> like what? Are you thinking like the French maids where they're just like like it's barely halfway down your yeah, thigh, and I you're just going. like I don't think it connects. Like what do you even hide in there? <laughs> yeah, you hide your you hide your employer in there. That's what you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is a reminder this is an explicit <laughs> podcast <laughs> so 1873 she settles in the rose gardens at london's hammersmith area which i only know from the hammersmith apollo so we're gonna keep moving <laughs> she makes friends with her next door neighbors henry and ann porter so such british names yeah. good english names and we'll come back to them She then gets a job at Notting Hill, which was kind of just as fancy as it is today. Probably a little less fancy, upper middle class. Not Hugh Grant fancy. fancy. (laughs) We can never be that fancy in real life. (laughs) No. I don't... I, I mean... It's not attainable for me. No, but that's fine. Uh, he's she's working for our captain Wool's best. And <laughs> sorry, in this time, <laughs> He just like spat that it's, out. It's a British. <laughs> it's a British name. I my thesis was an 18th century British Empire. These are normal names. <laughs> so at least you're not
1: second guessing yourself. You're just confident. You're doing it.
0: <laughs> it's not the weirdest one I've had to say. Wow. Unfortunately, wow. uh. And she, in there. She meets a man named Strong. She meets a strong man. <laughs> Can't marry rich, marry strong, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope, doesn't marry him. She lives with him and gets pregnant. Ow. So <laughs> okay, she has her son uh, the nineteenth of April, eighteen forty-seven, and then was promptly abandoned by Mister Strong. <laughs> so he wasn't that strong. What a classy guy, physically strong, you know. not
1: emotionally strong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes uh so since she has no means of supporting herself she goes back to guess what stealing things she's very good at it until she's not well and she gets a couple more prison sentences you know collecting them like can't think of a good thing that you collect now coins stamps pokemon cards (laughs) yes she collects them like pokemon cards she's gotta catch them all (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so she gets released from wandsworth in 1877 and she tries to go back to domestic work which for women is the most stable form of work you can get Mm -hmm. unless you're working in a shop but even then we're getting industrial revolution style so time period uh firstly she works for the mitchell family in teddington uh and she's like yeah they didn't have anything worth stealing so she kind of moves on she keeps using several Aliases, including Webster and Lawler, so she's going between a bunch of different names. She makes friends with Sarah Crease, who is also a domestic servant. Because what people don't realize, like if you're like a middle class family and you you'll give your servant a day off, so they all go to the same places because people pretty much have the same day off, right. which is Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go. You get your half day. You get to go to church and then maybe something else, and then you got to go back to work. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Go see God on your own time. And if you skip church, and you're Ethan
1: and I'm going to fire you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pretty much. Go to church. Well, you didn't go to church. I mean, if you're a good servant, you probably could get away with it, but... <laughs> you have to be real good. <laughs> real good. Sarah took care of Kate's son during every time Kate was in prison. So poor Sarah. Yeah. This is not even her child. So on January 13th, 1879, Kate enters the service of Mrs. Julia Martha Thomas. Such a formal name. Yeah at n- number two vine Co- cottages park road richmond so near london and they get on really well and she was like i'm so happy to be working here and mrs thomas is an e- uh, eccentric woman in her mid-50s so she's married kind of just running her household as upper middle of class women are apt to do mm-hmm. but then kate's problems show up again oh no <laughs> She's not really good at her job. Oh, no. Also, she likes to go visit local pubs. Oh, no. And this, she's like reprimanding her because she likes, I think they clicked personality wise, but you know, when your house isn't, your stuff isn't getting done and she's coming back drunk all the time. Eventually, she has to give Kate notice and she's like, you'll be done Friday, February 28th. So this might have been a problem Uh for Mrs. Thomas in that, uh, Kate begins to act up, and Mrs. Thomas uh, stays with friends and relatives or has them over so they stay with her when Kate's in the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you do. As you do with your servant, you're terrified of them, so you have other people stay with you. Oh, God. So we get to Friday the 28th. Kate hasn't found a new job or a new place to live, and she's like, Mrs. Thomas, please let me stay over the weekend. And again, I think she just liked the girl. So she's like, oh, well, I guess woman. Yeah. She's had several children apparently at this point. <clears throat> yeah. uh, she's like, okay, Kate, you can stay for the remainder of the weekend, but then you have to be out. On Sunday morning, Mrs. Thomas goes off to church as usual. And Kate was allowed Sunday afternoons off from work, but had to be back in time for Mrs. Thomas to go to the evening service. So Kate goes to visit her son, which was her usual like thing. She'd go visit her son at Sarah's and then go to the pub on her way back. Again, yeah, see the cycle of the problem mm-hmm. back at the pub. Yeah. She, she got back late, which inconvenient Mrs. Thomas, probably because she had to help her dress or change or do something, right. who was late for church. Oh, no. You can't be late for church. No, oh, that's the worst you, thing. So she shows up to church. Everyone realizes she's um, really agitated and possibly because she was afraid her house was being robbed because Kate. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> and Mrs. Thomas leaves church goes home, and didn't ask anyone to accompany her. Uh-oh. We don't know what happens after this, <laughs> but Kate told us some things. Oh, boy. that's <laughs> got to be good. Do you want to hear what Kate said? I'd love to hear what Kate said. <laughs> Take a big old swing for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quote, Mrs. Thomas came in and went upstairs. I went up after her, and we had an argument which ripened into a quarrel, and in the height of my anger and rage, I threw her from the top of the stairs to the ground floor. She had a heavy fall, and I became agitated at what had occurred, lost all control of myself, and to prevent her from screaming and getting me into trouble, I caught her by the throat, and in the struggle, she was choked, and I threw her on the ground, end quote. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we went immediately to, like, murder. Yeah. <laughs> that's zero to 60, wow. <clears throat> We we were fighting at the top of the stairs. Yeah. I threw her down, <laughs> choked her out so she would be quiet. Okay, Kate. <laughs> but it wasn't my fault. She started it. <laughs> not my fault. It's like, oh honey, you're in nineteenth century England. You have class facing you. You're Irish mm. in England. It's not gonna work out. It's yeah. she's you murdered an upper middle class white woman.
1: <laughs> Stop oh. crying. <laughs> it's good she admitted it right off the bat like imagine if she had pled just completely innocent she's like well she fell down the stairs and then you know something wrapped around her neck it's not a big deal well, it was me i was in another room <laughs>
0: oh oh no other things happened that's just what came out at trial oh my god we have some time oh my god we have some time <laughs> we're we're only like a fifth of the way into oh, this i'm so ready at her trial the prosecution did paint a little bit of a different picture and so we're just kind of going chronologically mm-hmm. uh Mrs. Thomas's next-door neighbor, Mrs. Ives, heard the noise following the fall, followed by silence, and then, like, was just like, you know, you heard a Mm thump. And she's like, huh, weird. And then just goes on with her day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one knew what was gonna happen next, but Kate now has her employer's, or former employer's body, at the bottom of the stairs. What's a girl to do? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Quote, I was de- determined to do away with the body as best I could. I chopped the head from the body with the assistance of a razor, which I used to cut through the flesh afterwards. I also used the meat saw and the carving knife to cut the body up with. I prepared the copper with water to boil the body to prevent identity. And as soon as I had succeeded in cutting, I placed it in the copper and boiled it. I opened the stomach with the carving knife and burned up as much of the parts as I could. End quote. <laughs> god <laughs> can we go back to when she yeah. decapitated her with a razor blade she mentioned
1: that before the butcher knife so did she just take her whole head off with a razor blade like
0: jeez She sweeney todd this shit wow wow <laughs> so let's okay so in case you don't speak 19th century england english uh Whew. so she cut off the top of her head. Oh my god. And really use the meat saw and the carving knife to cack everything else up. So she's breaking down the body. Jesus Christ. And if you're a domestic servant, you probably cooked a little bit, so she might have known some butchery. Yeah. And she's boiling the head, because the copper is a copper pot. Yeah, that's
1: what I was thinking. Oh my god. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And then she proceeds to Burn the organs. So. Oh. Don't worry, Kate was disgusted by the grossness of of this as well. (laughs) At the very least. At least
1: she was disgusted by what she had just done.
0: (laughs) You know, necessity. (laughs) (laughs) And she either burnt or boiled all the body parts and then packed the remains into a wooden box, except for the head and one foot, because she couldn't fit them. Okay. And we'll get back to the head (laughs) later. (laughs) So... There was a rumor going around that Kate had even tried to sell the fatty remains as boiling, uh, the boilings from the bodies as drippings. So, like, fat that you can use for, like, greasing Making things. Making candles and
1: things. Like, oh, my yeah, God. Like, mm-hmm. mm.
0: Yeah. And Mrs. Eyes, the neighbor, reported a strange smell from next door, which was the body burning, because, you know... Burning body smell, because hair burning. Go figure. Just just imagine the smell of a bunch oh of hair burning, guys. And then all
1: of the it's, organs burning on top of the hair burning. Ugh. Imagine oh my God.
0: you burn a ham, but the ham is covered in hair still. It smells so bad. So bad. So bad. <laughs> because everyone I've, I've heard, I was friends with someone who's learning cremation this summer. Nice. <sighs> nice. He's a, he was an odd man. <laughs> very odd man um apparently if you're fatter you burn but you cremate better in case you're wondering for your funeral plans i can believe that (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) yeah if you're skinny, it takes longer and higher heats to burn your body. Mm-hmm. But he's <laughs> he's like telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, you're burning this body. And he goes, it kind of smells really good. And I'm just like, what? Again, I, I told you he's an odd duck. Oh, my God. He's a really odd duck. He was a mortician for a long time and then worked for Parks. It's yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so Kate disposes of the spare foot, you know. You just got the spare foot in the (laughs) manure heap. And she's like, well, what do I do with this head? And she places it in a black bag. Oh, no. She continues to clean up the cottage on Monday and Tuesday, borrowing. Oh, no. We're doing Kate kind of borrowing. yes. (laughs) Which means it's now Kate's. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Thomas's silk dresses and goes to visit the Porter family on Tuesday afternoon, you know, her friends. Right. Bringing that black bag with her. Oh, no. She proceeds to tell them that, She received some money from a will of an aunt who had left her house in Richmond and which she wanted to dispose of with all the contents. And then she was going to return to Ireland. So she's going to flee. Oh,
1: great. And she's telling people about it, too.
0: You know, but Ireland's big enough. You could probably hide in there. Yeah, no problem. She asks Henry Porter if he knew a property broker who might be able to help her and then goes off to visit another friend returning later without the black bag which was never found so they don't know where the head is Oh no we'll get to that oh no <laughs> don't worry they found the head oh, God!
1: <laughs> i don't know what's more upsetting the fact that she just left it or the fact that i know that they
0: found it <laughs> Oh, we're going to love who finds it. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So both Henry and Robert, his son, carry the bag for Kate at various stages of their walk to the railway station. Uh, They also stopped at two pubs along the way because Kate... Right. (laughs) And they both were like, oh, this is very heavy because it's a human head. Yeah,
1: I hear they weigh like 15 pounds or
0: something crazy like that. Which when you think about it, our neck is amazing. Right? (laughs) So now Kate just has to get rid of that box with the most of a human body in it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, Robert Porter, can you help me with this? (laughs) And they take turns carrying the box to Richmond Bridge where Kate goes, I'm meeting someone who's going to get this box. They want this box. I don't think anyone wants that box. (laughs) And she tells Robert, I'll meet you later. Go. Thank you so much. Go on home. And Robert's walking away, and all of a sudden he hears a splash of something heavy hitting the water, and then Kate catches up with him. <laughs> <laughs> not even five minutes. Not so bad. It's just went until he's gone. It's not even. It's not even a good attempt. Oh my god! Actually, this is kind of a good attempt, but just poorly executed after the fact. Right. So the next morning, the box was discovered by a coal man who. Opens it <gasps> to his regret. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's only been a couple of days, uh, but I'm just imagining it doesn't smell great. No. Probably doesn't look great. Yeah.
1: Plus it was in water and, for two days, or like one or two days. It's all soggy. No, just overnight. Oh. Just overnight. Oh, oh
0: my God. <laughs> it's just sitting there. So it's it's real fresh, oh. um, water-wise, not body-wise. Yuck. So... The coal man goes to report his discovery to Inspector Harbor at the Barnes police station. And the police were like, huh. And take it to a doctor. <laughs> who was like, they just you could just imagine they open, they're like, huh, this is a body. <laughs> Close, Close it. it. And <laughs> By the way, probably no gloves on. Oh no. Nothing. Forensics aren't even a fart <laughs> in their imagination. And the doctor was like, This is a female. And I'm like, well. If you got the torso and some bits, you could probably yeah, tell it's a female. Right. And he's like, "It looks like the skin's have the skin has been boiled." I was like, "There you go. Look at you, doctor. Someone knows that a boiled skin of- looks like." <laughs> and then you just sit there and you're like, "How do you know this?" <laughs> but because, you know, she, the body's missing a head. Right. Kind of hard to figure out who who is this body with minus a head and a foot. Kate has taken up calling herself Mrs. Thomas and just pretending to be the dead woman. (laughs) Because, you know, that'll work. A foolproof plan for sure. (laughs) Yep. Wow. And she's like, Henry, let's get rid of all this property. So he introduces her to Mr. John Church, who was a general dealer. And she's like, buy everything. And he's like, I got it. you know going to buy everything in this house. <laughs> uh, on top of that, they became fast friends and were seen drinking together together, together several times. Words. <laughs> I'm not drunk. That's the sad thing. I just can't talk. <laughs> you have to get uh, drunk to talk better. That's how it works. <laughs> in front of a microphone. Sometimes, yes, it happens. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the mystery Barnes box is all over the newspaper. And Kate clearly... Knew it because she could read. Because she went to Derek Zoolander School for kids who can't read good and want to do other things good too. <laughs> Actually, no, public education had become a thing. That's what that's what that was. But no ants harmed in the making of this school project. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, significantly, the Porter family. Could read as well. And they're like, huh, (laughs) something was found in a box in this river. And Robert's like, I helped Kate carry a box like this. Weird. How odd. I'm sure that has nothing to do with anything. No, you know, they're all just sitting at the table like, it couldn't be Kate. (laughs) Our friend Kate, who (laughs) likes to go drink in pubs and steal things. At this point, Kate has agreed on the price for the furniture because really until modern times, furniture hasn't been that disposable. So it was very valuable. And some of Mrs. Thomas's clothing with John Church. And he's like, okay, I got this. We'll come and take it out now. And remember our good old friend, Mrs. Ives? She's like, huh, this is weird. I haven't seen Mrs. Thomas in a while. And all of a sudden, all her stuff is leaving. <laughs> Odd. <laughs> and she tries to ask kate what's going on kate of course is like oh she just told me i need to move all this stuff right which is weird because she fired her right but so back at the churches mrs church is going through the clothing and she finds a purse and a diary belonging to mrs thomas on top of it was a letter from a mr mechanic who uh then henry porter and john church paid a visit because they're like, huh? We well, should figure out who this is. because The clothing clearly isn't Kate's. Right. Mahenick, uh, knew the real Mrs. Thomas, and yeah, they figured out it was her body in the box. Mm-hmm. They're all like, the three dudes were sitting around, probably drinking some whiskey or some gross drink, <laughs> and we're like, what is what does Mrs. Thomas look like? And the the two men are just like, huh? It's not who's there. <laughs> and it's like, well, my son helped Kate carry a box that. Looks like that box in the newspaper. And they're all like, oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So they go along with Mehenick's solicitor to the Richmond police station and they were like, it's going to sound crazy. <laughs> and then they just tell them their suspicions. And the next day, the search of number two Vine Cottages was made. They found an axe, a razor, some charred bones, together with the missing handle of the box. Fountain in the river. So it looks like Kate's a little guilty. Just a tad. Yikes. And just 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 a smidge. Just, just a little bit. You know, I think what really sealed it was the handle of the box. Yeah. They're like, haha. Exactly. <laughs> these bones and the axe and the razor. No. Nothing. Nope. The handle. hmm That's what did it. On March twenty third, a full description of Kate Webster was circulating the police and they were like, suspect! <laughs> Very suspicious suspect in this body that we found. Kate decides to flee to Ireland, taking her son with her, which, you know, she's Irish, so they're going to look for her there. Right. And she's arrested on the 28th and is kept in custody, waiting collection by two detectives from Scotland Yard. She's brought back to England, taken to the Richmond police station where she gives her statement on the 30th, and then is formally charged with murder. Murder. (laughs) Uh, They really... Like, the statement accused John Church of being responsible for the death as well, and so he's arrested and charged, too, but he has a strong alibi, and he's like, I helped you! (laughs) I legitimately helped you, because I was like, this is weird! (laughs) My wife found this stuff, and if we hadn't looked into it, we would never know. (laughs) And then the more you know... The more you know... (laughs) Comes across. (laughs) Kate is remanded into custody. She was transferred to Newgate Prison, uh to save the journey of like taking her across london every day for trial because efficiency oh brother we begin her trial uh Ju- july 2nd 1879 before justice demen at the central criminal court which is the old bailey and you can look up her entire court transcript wow online They've digitized the old Bailey records. Oh wow! It's amazing. I want
1: to have that job.
0: Ugh, <laughs> Go uh, a little cross-eyed. <laughs> I've 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 transcribed. It's all transcription because that stuff you can't you can't use um like if you scan a typed document now you can use OCR to like pick up the letters. Right. Yeah, you can't do that with that because it's all handwritten. Oh my god! And before really the 1900s, you don't get good transference mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone who studied the 18th century, and none of my documents were good for that, so <laughs> any quotes were like typed with really that face. It was just like <laughs> uh, pained expressions. Oh God! Oh yes, podcasting is not a visual medium. Uh, yes. It's a pained glancing at a far away, fi- far away piece of paper as you're trying to type. Visions. Everyone's in done their that. eyes. Yes, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Crown was led by Solicitor General, which is rare, because he's the top guy. Oh. Sir Harding's Guildford, and Kate was defended by Mr. Warner's Slay. Notice the difference. Yeah. We have a sir and a mister.
1: <laughs> they threw in the mister to be nice because of the sir. <laughs> I know.
0: It's proper. So, on the 25th, a hat make. uh Sorry. A hatmaker gave evidence to the prosecution that on the twenty fifth of February, Kate told her she re- she was going to Birmingham to take control of property jewelry, et cetera, left to her by a recently deceased aunt, so she's going with that story pretty hard, oh. and I mean at least the prosecution's claiming, <laughs> yeah, you know it's my aunt <laughs> she's got her story straight. I mean, <laughs> she's on top of it. she's not pulling any changing stories, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> So the prosecution claimed that there is premeditation because this was six days before the murder. Oh, God. And the real problem was provi- for the prosecution was proving that the human relate- remains that they had found were actually those of Mrs. Thomas because, you know, no head. Mm-hmm. That's the main problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's no head and she doesn't have tattoos. True. Or anything yeah. to identify her. <laughs> so they gave medical evidence that like okay this is all the same person she's in her 50s so like it's the right age we haven't like kind of just putting um some circumstantial evidence together which held more weight right the defense goes mrs thomas could have died of natural causes <laughs> because she seemed really angry and annoyed when she left church
1: the natural causes that end up with you in pieces in a box you know
0: <laughs> you know she panicked and put her in a box <laughs> she just after boiling her and kind of boiled her, her own
1: organs like like you do
0: <laughs> yes but really henry porter and john church were like hey this is what kate made us do and her defense turns around and they're like, "Well." Why are they accusing Kate? They could have done it. Ooh. They could have been benefiting from this. And I was like, ooh, that's a clever lawyer. Mm-hmm. But the judge pointed out the actions and previously known good characters of both of them. Only two of Kate's friends, Sarah Creese and Lucy Lauder, gave evidence of Kate's good nature. Because she's been in prison a lot. <laughs> and they're like, well, she's moved from thieving to murder <laughs> to thief. <laughs> On July 8th, so we're only uh, six days into this trial. The jury retires to consider their verdict, returning over an hour later. So, not great. No. And they pronounce her guilty. Wow. Go figure. I, I mean, I think their case was pretty good. They're like, she was living in the house, selling her stuff, <laughs> wearing her clothes, trying to be her, so no one would know. Yeah. It's fine. I'm a 50 year old woman. <laughs> uh, before she was sentenced. Kate made a complete denial of the charges, but cleared Church and Porter of any involvement in the crime. So she was like, they clearly weren't involved. And I'm like, well, at least you're not being a dick to the end. Yeah, exactly. And of course, she, before she was sentenced, she's like, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Because claiming the belly will save your life. The last ditch effort. Last ditch effort. No one's gonna execute a pregnant woman because we're all like, mm. <laughs> oh. everyone feels real bad. Oh god, of course they do, and I don't blame them. Yeah. So they go get a panel of matrons from some of the women present in the court, and they're like, "Go check her out." That's actually how they did it. What? Sometimes they'd get midwives, but sometimes they just get women in the area, like who were there, oh. and they're like <laughs> looking up there, checking <laughs> her out. Like, I just lift up her skirt, and it's like, "Yep." <laughs> The baby's crowning. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry she for that one. She has an about her. She just seems pregnant. I am going to say yes.
0: <laughs> I feel like she just got a lot of her body touched, and she was like, please, <laughs> can we not? By, like,
1: your neighbor and the woman who sells your breakfast.
0: <laughs> yeah, just yeah, around. and, like, none of them are certified to do this. But I love that they they were like, we're going to have women do it because it's delicate. But they don't have to know what they're doing, because women just know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> women's intuition—that's the whole thing, right? Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> have I been a woman this whole time? If I haven't checked out if a woman's pregnant,
0: <laughs> I just—I just never asked. <laughs> I just wait till someone tells me
1: <laughs> I have no gynecological experience, but if I just happen to be in town on a day where a woman's being convicted of murder, I will totally help out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just imagine it's someone's like day out in town. They just get dragged into this. Tell us if this woman's pregnant. What? <laughs> do what <one> do. <laughs> now? I'm pretty sure if you're, like, a lower-class woman, you've helped with birth before, so you're like, well, I know what it looks like when someone's pregnant. Right. But they were like, yeah, no, she's not pregnant. (laughs) So they transfer her back to Newgate and move her back to the actual prison of Wandsworth to await execution because she's not pregnant. Again, I repeat, she's not pregnant. Right. And Kate was guarded around the clock by a team of female prison officers, so hey, gender equality. Nice. (laughs) Mainly, it was gender equality in the form of sexism, but still. It, it counts. It counts like a half point, but it counts. <laughs> so, Kate's like, I'm going to confess twice. Oh. Twice, twice. The first one, she's like, it was Strong, who's the father of my child. <gasps> and the other, like, they were just like, no, <laughs> no. Did not. So, each time, yeah, each time they're just like, "What? where are you pulling this from? <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> and... Pretty much, there is no chance for her to avoid being hung at this. Everyone is upset. The public is upset. The court is done with her shit. That's fair. And, <laughs> yeah. So she then gave another confession to her uh, the pre- in the presence of a Catholic priest, which seems to be somewhat more true. So it's kind of more along the lines of what we know. Mm-hmm. And she was pretty much like, no, I'm good. I'm going to die. I don't want to go back <laughs> to how I was living. Granted, she wasn't living, like, very well. She's being a domestic servant, which is hard work, all- long days. You're working, like, 14-hour days. Ugh. If you've ever watched Below Deck on Bravo, it's kind of like that, but worse and not on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you have less rights oh, geez. and no mandatory breaks. Yikes. And you don't get paid as well. So the actual execution of the sentence had changed a great deal over the 11 years between the ending of public Kate- hangings and Kate's death even though the words of the sentence were not. So it's no longer a public spectacle where the uh, prisoner is given a short drop and allowed to die in agony. So hanging. If you're really, really intrigued, listen to the last podcast on the left episode on executions. But short rope, you don't fall far enough to snap your neck. Long rope, you fall too far and then your head becomes a balloon. Oh. You need to hit that sweet spot. It's really hard to hit that sweet spot. Yeah.
1: I had no idea. Which is
0: why, yeah, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. don't laugh. (laughs) I am so fascinated by that stuff. (laughs) Oh, you're just like, wait, how many people? How like, who was the first person to real like find that sweet spot where it snapped the neck instead of? Because you know they probably did really short, and they're like, oh, that wasn't good. And then they probably were like, well, maybe it just needs to be like so much longer. And then the head like popping thing happened. They're like, that was terrifying. (laughs) And now you know why all the royal people had their heads cut off by, like, French swordsmen because they were like, we'll we'll treat you well, go quick. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that's why you pay pay more for a better swordsman because no one lets you practice that. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Shocking. So you have uh, William Marwood's uh, long drop method, which was designed to break the neck and cause instant unconsciousness the execution was set for the morning of Tuesday July 29th so like she finished her trial at the beginning of the month she's executed being executed at the end of the month and Kate was only to be the second person and the sole woman hung at that prison Wadsworth oh, Wow mm-hmm they didn't this is why they switched to like deportation mm-hmm. because there's so many reasons you could kill like hang someone eventually. And they didn't like to hang women because it was sexist, but yeah. it was deemed improper. So it was really hard to get... You had to do something horrible. And so you don't hear a lot of women's, women being hung. You hear a lot of men being hung. Yeah. Especially poor men. Yeah. So a few minutes after 9 a.m., the prison governor, Captain Colville, the prison doctor, Tumil Warder's... And Marwood formally met her outside her cell. Kate's being ministered by Father McEerie the one who she told her confessin- confession to, and to female ward- wardresses, which is the female term of wardens. So, hmm. female prison guards. Hmm. And she typically would have been offered a stiff tot of brandy before. So, you want a shot on your way yeah. out?
1: <laughs> Anything helps, I guess.
0: Yep. She was uh, led across the yard to a uh, execution shed which was nicknamed the cold meat shed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have officially renamed my podcast
0: studio. <laughs> the cold meat shed. <laughs> oh my And God. it was really to spare like the reason why it was a separate building was to spare other prisoners the sound of the falling trap and kind of it's easier for the staff to deal with the execution of the body afterwards. Mm. So, I guess that makes Kate sense. And to, yeah, yeah, it's kind of just separate from the prison, and, like, it's easier to contain everything. Mm. She enters the shed, and they create the news. They set her up. They placed a leather body belt around her waist, which secured her wrist, and they secure her ankles, so that way you, she can't move, and she's not playing on everywhere. All right. um, she was supported by two warders standing on either plank set across the uh, the opening, mm-hmm. so... Her last words apparently were, Lord have mercy on me. The lover was pulled. She dropped eight feet. And Marwood actually used longer drops than were later found to be necessary. So she probably had either extension on her neck Ugh. or was probably somewhat painful. Yikes. Her body was left to hang the usual hour. <gasps> So, because they weren't sure, they just left you for an hour so that by that way, you're clearly dead. That's terrible. I think if you live, you should just be allowed to, like, live. Yeah, really. They're like, we hung you. (laughs) We tried. You survived. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, They then proceeded to, um, like, prepare the body for burial. Really, this whole process from taking her out to taking her in takes two minutes, which is insane. What? Oh, my God. And the small crowd of people that had gathered around the prison to see if she died were told with a black flag hoisted upon the flagpole above the main gate. And this is really just because they were so used to going to watch them yeah. that they were like, let's go. And then they're like, Oh wait, we can't go in. Might as well stand around. <laughs> Oh my
1: God! It's like so, what was it, Bundy in the electric chair? Somebody in the electric mm-hmm. chair? Yeah, there's a whole crowd outside.
0: Yeah, uh, William Arwood received 11 pounds for hanging Kate, presumably 10 pounds plus one pound for expenses. What? He got her paid body hanger? What the heck? Oh yeah, no, because it was so hard to find people to do that job because for a long time. So you got paid a decent amount.
1: Uh, I gotcha. That makes sense, I guess.
0: But. It- it just doesn't happen that often, so you get paid a decent amount, but you have to, like, do other things. <laughs> um, so, she's buried in an unmarked grave in one of the exercise yards of w- Wadworth. Um, nobody else was to be buried in the grave, although after the 90th execution, they did start reusing male graves, but not hers. Hmm. She, Fun fact, she was the second person executed, but was buried in grave number three because they had even and odd sides, and they were just doing the odd sides first. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I don't know why that's making me laugh so much, but that's just, that's really funny. That bothers my Mm -hmm. brain. (laughs) Just do the first one, like, or the second one.
0: Yeah, they didn't want to keep going opposite sides, so they just did one side. Oh my god. So, of course, there are now ballads, street ballads about this, and H. Such, a printer in Southwark, issued a ballad called, quote, The Murder and Mutilation of the Old Lady Near Barnes, end quote, after Kate had been arrested. (laughs) and The, uh... After her trial, he issued another ballad, and this is some of the words. The terrible crime at Richmond at last, on Catherine Webster, now has been cast. Tried and found guilty, she se- is sentenced to die. From the strong hand of justice, she cannot fly. She has tried all excuses, but no avail about this, and murder, she's told many tales. She has tried to throw the blame on others as well, but with her all her cunning, she is at last fell. Oh my. Oh my. Yep. So... This shows, like, the issue between domestic servants as well and employers because there's been a long history of tension. It comes up a lot throughout, um, from, like, the 16th century on. You just get these pamphlets where they're like, the servants! Mm-hmm. uh they're yeah. not working hard enough. They want money and a living wage and, like, reasonable hours. <laughs> <or something. sighs> How <laughs> dare they? And especially because domestic servants were 40% of the female labor force. Wow. So, yeah. But when you pay them poorly, theft is often a problem with it yeah. as well. So you just see a lot of class divides in this case. And it comes up repeatedly in all the literature and popular culture about her. Mm-hmm. Remember I said we're going to talk about the head? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the head until just now. <laughs> oh, no. So they found the head. Oh, God. October. You want to guess what year? No. I can't. <laughs> Surprise me. 2010. <gasps> what?
1: Oh, my God.
0: How did it take that long? (laughs) In the grounds of Sir David Attenborough's property in Park Road, Richmond, where he was working on an extension. I told you he was coming up. (laughs) I was so so curious to see where he was going to fit in this whole thing. (laughs) Yep, they found a head on his property. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) So he had purchased... A former pub called Hole in the Wall, which was adjacent to his property and had demolished the rear of the pub. The workmen were carrying out excavation work, and they discovered a dark circular object. Oh, boy. Which turned out to be a woman's skull. Mm. It had been buried underneath the foundations, at, which had been in place for at least 40 years, uh, on the site of the pub stables immediately everyone like hey you think it could be <laughs> like it's so fun to look at the newspapers when they they're like skull found a david attenborough's property and everyone's like say what <laughs> <laughs> hmm. they uh immediately take it to the police who carry out an investigation so in in the u.s if you find a body you immediately call the police but in the uk after uh the blitz they determined that anytime you find bones or anything like that you have to immediately do an architecture or um archaeological survey to determine what it could be that's how you always get these new stories of hey we found a plague pit well making us making part of the tube (laughs) because they find one piece they have to shut down wow which is how they've now found like so many more parts of their artifacts Mm -hmm. and there's an entire like they found an entire part of um roman london that's preserved underneath a car park wow yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. So they take it to the University of Edinburgh, and they discovered it was between 18, six, 18, 1650 <sighs> and 1880, and it had been tepo- deposited on top of a layer of Victorian tiles. The skull had been fractured, with consi- uh, consistent with Webster's account of throwing Webster down the stairs, and it had low levels of collagen, which is consistent with being boiled. Wow.
1: After all that time, too. Mm-hmm.
0: In July 2011, the coroner actually concluded that the skull was indeed that of Thomas. DNA po- is not possible because she died childlif- childless and they couldn't find any living relatives. Also, there's no records where the rest of her body was buried. Wow, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, you're fine. that's crazy. Isn't that a turn? You're like, you just forget about the head. Yeah. And you're like, wow, man. And then it's like, surprise, <laughs> David Attenborough found it well the workmen found it who were working on his house but still oh
1: my god
0: and we know that she liked to go to pubs <laughs> so <laughs> she went to the pub and hid the head oh my god how is it cosmic irony wow i just i just love that they used like they can't i mean there's no 100 method of saying it's her right. but everything just lines up and they're like well, she was known to go to this, like, area, to this pub and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, it just makes sense. It does. Wow. So, <laughs> now that I've amazed and traumatized you, do you want to plug your podcast?
1: Oh, sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, How can I follow that up with my podcast?
0: <laughs> you talk about murder a lot. I, well,
1: sometimes, yeah, but it's not exactly real murder. It's a lot of uh, fiction. I read stories. I review really bad movies. I interview indie artists. It's like this niche grab bag that's got literally something for anybody that wants to listen to it. So I have two blogs, and I put them into a podcast. And I read stories, and I review movies, and I interview people, and sometimes there's cats. It's really cool. And uh, I love what I do. And and it's such a weird combination of all the stuff that I'm interested in that it's, like, too weird not to keep doing. Because everyone's (laughs) like, this is such a strange combination- why do I enjoy this so much? So I just keep making it. So it's
0: yeah, and you're on Facebook and Twitter oh, and all
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. If uh, you want to throw some money my way, I'm like everywhere. Um, and then my podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any podcatcher out there. I've had it for like almost a year and a half now. So if not the most recent episode, you'll find an episode somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working right now so, on trying to get playlists together of all of my story episodes, my movie reviews, and then my Features Week episodes, like on Spotify, so that it's mm-hmm. a little easier for people to get one kind of my content as opposed to listening to the whole thing and getting story, movie review, Features Week kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, yep.
0: So check her out.
2: Hey folks, how's it going? My name is Augie, and I host a podcast called The Short Stories of Augie Peterson. Once upon a time, I had two blogs. Then one day, I started listening to podcasts. They seemed like a lot of fun and would combine the thing I was always afraid to share with the world, my writing, with the thing I had no choice but to share, my theater background. So I decided to combine them into a podcast for those millennials that don't have time to read two blogs. I read the original short horror stories I write every other Tuesday and review really terrible horror movies from Netflix, Redbox, Amazon Prime, and even the Dollar Store, with massive amounts of snark every other Thursday. On the first Saturday of each month, I tell my listeners about five new indie artists that I have interviewed that I think they should know about. So if you like terrible horror movies, learning about new artists, really good horror stories, and total nerds, this is the podcast for you. Check out the short stories of Augie Peterson wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, go to auggiepeterson.wordpress.com.
3: Toodaloo! Hey crime fans, this is Gemma Hoskins from The Keepers. I would like to invite you to take a listen to the new podcast series called The Redhead Murders. My friend, podcaster, Shane Waters, has invited me to work with him on this very cold case of women who were murdered 30-some years ago, all in the same area of the United States. Of course, being a redhead myself and being a practicing PI, sort of, I am delighted to work with Shane. So I'm inviting you to listen to the new Redhead Murders on Out of the Shadows podcast. You can also take a look at the Redhead Murders Facebook page. Please join us. Please try and help us. Over and out. Peace. You can find our podcast, Out of the Shadows, in all podcast outlets. Visit us online at ShadowsPod.com. See you there.
0: Cult of Domesticity. We're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts and our Instagram is at the Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcasts at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.